Well, today we continue this series on uh, the book of Psalms, and today we look at, I think, one of the great Psalms, uh, Psalm 46. This is the psalm that um, Martin Luther based his great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, upon. Uh, and we will sing that to, or, to close the worship service today. So you'll see uh, why, how this song is, or how his song is reflected from this um, this psalm. So I encourage you again, read these psalms, especially like if you like this one, if this one speaks to you, uh, is uh, really meeting you where you are in your life right now, then read this over and over this week uh, and meditate on it and let it, it, it speak to you. But I, there are many, many good psalms and we're kind of doing the greatest hits this week, this summer. So any of these will be good ones to, to uh, even memorize. Um, so here it is, Psalm 46. We'll read the entire psalm. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever, or some translations say very, present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray together. God, we pray that you would take the meditations of my heart and these words of scripture and bless them. Speak through them uh, what we need to hear today. We acknowledge that you are alive that you are a living God who still interacts with us and speaks through his word. So we pray that that would happen uh, this morning as I preach. And may these words be encouraging and challenging um, all at the same time. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You know, I remember very clearly the moment I realized that COVID-19 was going to be a big deal. I was watching... Uh, an NBA game. I was getting ready to watch a nationally televised game. And right before the game was about to start, the announcer came over, on over the arena loud system and announced that the game had been canceled. And all the coaches and all the players just got up and walked back to the training room. The crowd left. And that was it. And I thought to myself, wow, this is serious. 
if the National Basketball Association game, with all the money that is on the line in broadcasting a game like that, is canceled, this must be a big deal. People must be worried. And then as things unfolded uh, over the next few weeks, as I saw medical personnel in hazmat gear and um, heard phrases like flattening the curve, remember that? <laughs> I don't even remember exactly what that means. I think I do, but we heard that over and over and we got familiar with social distancing and um, you know, we saw trailer trucks full of coffins outside of hospitals. Wow, a little unnerving. I think it was one of those times in life where we realized very clearly and in a very impactful way that life is precarious, that life is full of danger. There have been a few other times in my life where I've really had kind of, I don't know, maybe crystallizing moments where you realize this. You know, one was just personally trying to put out uh, trying to keep our house from burning down in one of those Southern California brush fires. And our whole neighborhood, you know, on fire, and my friend and I up on the roof at 2 in the morning, like idiots, <laughs> trying to water down a shingle roof. Can you believe we used to have those in areas like that? And things flying through the air. And then walking through the neighborhood the next day and seeing our whole neighborhood gone including our house. Scary. 9-11. Absolutely. It's like it happened yesterday, standing in front of the TV. And watching these planes, I thought I was seeing a movie. Run into the trade centers. And watching people jump out of windows, and I thought, wow, they went to work that morning having no idea, no idea what was ahead. And then in the Iraqi war, when I saw cruise missiles shot from, launched from Navy ships miles away, hundreds of miles away, going down um, air conditioner vents, that precise, I was just amazed and thought, wow, we have some power and destructive power. There are times in our lives, right, whether they be on a national scale, like 9-11 or COVID, and on a personal level that many of us have experienced. I look out in this congregation just from the short time I've been here. I know that you, some of you, have faced those moments when you just realize, I have no help but help from God. Right? It's those times in life when I think the veil is pulled back a bit. And we see life as it really is. Because you know what? Life is precarious. Always. Always. <laughs> life is full of danger. Life is full of trouble. It's just those moments sometimes when we pull a away the veil, or the veil is pulled away, and we realize this in, in all its impact, right? Now, the scriptures 
this psalm is very clear about the dangers of the world. The scriptures don't sidestep it. In fact, this is one of the things that I appreciate about the Christian faith, is it takes on life in a very real way. It never promises us that life is going to be easy. It never says that we are not going to have a life free of trouble or tragedy or heartache. In fact, quite the opposite. Jesus says, if you follow me, get ready. You're going to have tribulation. It's going to be tough. And this psalm I just read, Psalm 46, oh, it, it kind of really emphasizes some of these horrible events that can happen in life. First, there is violence in nature, you know, an earthquake. Talk about something just coming out of the blue, although we have some early morning system uh, warning systems now, but right out of, you know, out of the blue. I remember when I was sleeping in my bed when I was in high school and that earthquake hit in Southern California and my trophies from the shelf above me, all my trophies, thousands of trophies, <laughs> were falling upon my head. And I looked over at my brother who was in the twin bed uh, next to me and of course he didn't have any trophies, so no trophies were... <laughs> coming out of his head, but we both kind of stood up and in bed, or got up in bed and looked at each other like, what is going on? It was one of those, you know, you just start rolling, you know, you've been in them. You're Californians. So there's nature, man, earthquakes and floods, volcanoes erupting, and then there's political violence that's mentioned, angry nations, kingdoms falling, once powerful empires that people thought could never fall, melting away. And finally, there are images of military violence, of wars and bows and spears and shields and chariots, frightening new technology for the time, designed to wreak havoc on the world. We see the same things flashing across our TV screens that we hear about in these psalms, earthquakes and storms and wars and coups and all the rest. Now the Bible and our Christian faith very realistic about the dangerous world in which we live. And it says the world may be falling apart right before our eyes. Terrible events of horrific nature may be happening all around you. Financial markets may be crumbling. Your personal world may just feel completely unstable. Like a, like a rug has been pulled out from under you. You know, I never knew what that saying meant until I experienced that. It's just like the rug has been pulled out and you don't know which way is up, right? Very honest. Very realistic about the dangers of life, there are many things in this world that can cause us fear and anxiety. But here's also what I love about the Bible and our Christian faith. It's very realistic, and this is even more important, it's very realistic about who God is. And so we don't hear about that very much. We don't watch TV and see all these things happening all around us and then 
the newscaster stop and says, but God is our refuge and our help. That's why you have to come to worship every week. It's a good reminder about who God is. And this is what it says. Again, it's this parallelism, parallelism that we find in the Psalms over and over. God is our refuge, place of refuge, and our strength. God is a very present help in trouble. Very present, attentive, paying attention, right there. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. The Lord Almighty, the Lord Almighty, the Lord Almighty is with us, with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Right here is the very, I think, central, never-changing promise and truth and hope of the gospel. God is with us. A very, very present help in times of trouble. The world may be falling apart. God is with us. In the midst of certainty, uncertainty, God is our refuge. During the storms of life, God is our strength. When we are full of fear or anxious, wondering what could possibly happen next, the Lord Almighty is with us. You know, there's an interesting use of images used in this psalm to portray God. And if you just read it quickly, you probably won't catch it, but here it is. The Lord Almighty, so the powerful God, or the Lord of hosts in some versions. Whenever you see that, the Lord of hosts, it is this picture of a vast army of angels. Swords drawn ready to go to battle. That's the picture in the Old Testament. You know, the Hebrew is so uh, image-oriented. This is, this is it. This is the image. Overwhelming power to obey the command of God. So, the Lord Almighty, or the Lord of hosts, is with us. The God of Jacob now, what does this recall? This is recalling the story of the very personal, intimate interaction of, of God and Jacob when God wrestled with Jacob near the river Jabbok. Do you remember that in the Old Testament? Very intimate, very personable. This is the intimate God who wanted to give Jacob a blessing. So this is not what we expect, is it? We expect the warrior God, the almighty, powerful God, to protect us, to be our refuge, and the personal God to be with us, to be a comforting presence. But that's not what the verse tells us. It tells us exactly the opposite, that this almighty God is with us in this intimate God uh, 
will be our refuge. I think it's the way of the psalmist emphasizing two very important uh, truths about the character of God. God is personal. God knows us. And God is very intimate and close to us. One author puts it this way, a powerful God, the Lord Almighty is with us, a personal God, the God of Jacob protects us. So what he's saying here is God is personal and God is powerful. Now you have to have both of those things, right? If God was just personal but not powerful, it probably wouldn't help us that much. Or if God was just powerful but God isn't personal or care about us, that doesn't help us. You need both. And that's what this ver- these verses are saying. And this is what we need to remember, that God is with us. Now, this is the Old Testament, so it's before Christ. But after Christ, wow, this becomes even fuller. Emmanuel, Christ, with us. Always. In fact, he's not just with us. Christ is in us. You got to know this. Christ is in us. The very life of God is in us. You can't get much more close than that, can you? God is with us. God is our refuge and our strength. An ever-present help in trouble. You know, sometimes what Scripture doesn't say is as important and as powerful as what it does say. You know, when God says, when the Scriptures say God is our refuge and strength, what they're saying is God is our ultimate refuge and strength. Nothing else can be ultimately our refuge and strength, our help in trouble. Military power, not our strength. Money, economic power, ultimately, not our refuge. People, friends, pastors, presidents, politicians, they're ultimately not our refuge and strength. They can help us somewhat, but they're not ever present. They can come and go. They can be here one moment and gone the next. Our career, that thing that we can pour so much time into and energy, it's not our our refuge. Ultimately, it's not our strength. Our nation is not our strength. Even our families, as great as they may be, ultimately, they are not an ever-present help in trouble. Our material possessions, as fun as they can be, (laughs) and nice as they can be, they are not an ever-present help when our world falls apart. Only God, this psalm says, is the same yesterday, and today, and tomorrow. Only God is guaranteed to be there at the break of every single day. It's like Martin Luther wrote, 
God is our mighty fortress. A bulwark, never failing. You know, there's an interesting story about Martin Luther. You know, he was kind of prone to depression. If I was a Lutheran, I'd be prone to depression too. <laughs> no, I actually, I love the Lutheran church, and I love Martin Luther, his theology. But he, he, he struggled with depression. He could get very, life could get very dark for him. And there's a story of him, uh, his wife, Katie, coming down for breakfast one morning dressed in a black dress. And he said, why, who died? Why, why are you mourning? And she said, well, the way you've been acting, I think you think God died. This was during the plague, not after, long after one of the plagues. Hard time. But we have to remember, especially during times like this, God is alive. God is present. God is our, our help. They remind us these times, really, if we allow them to, that reality is that God is our refuge and our strength. I was with a young woman this week who just went through the hardest thing in her, in her life. I mean, she told me, this has been the hardest period of my life. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. I could see it in her eyes. And she said, if it wasn't for God, I, I don't know what. I, only God could get me through this. You've been there? Those times... They're a double-edged sword. They're hard, they're painful, but they're good in some ways because it reminds us of the truth that God is our refuge and our strength. And because of that great reality, this psalm also gives us a great command, and you know this, be still. You know, up till this point, the writer is giving us all the words. You know, God will be exalted. God is our refuge. And then all of a sudden, it's the voice of God. Be still. Be still. Cease. It's one way to translate it in Hebrew. In Hebrew, you know, I told you it's, very, it's a very picture, image-oriented uh, language. It's kind of fun that way. Well, here's the picture. Somebody with their arms just down, it's like a a sign of surrender, or someone sitting in a chair, just rest. Cease. Be still. And know that I am God. Remember. This is what we're to do when we hit times of trouble. We are not going to escape the terror of the world. We're not going to somehow withdraw or insulate ourselves from the chaos around us sometimes. But here's what Christianity says. We can be strengthened in the midst of it. Be still. Cease. Yield. Quit running around in a frenzy. <laughs> trying to solve everything on your own strength or trying to be your own ref refuge, but instead... Instead, be, be still, sit down, surrender to the power of the Lord Almighty, and be still and listen for the still small voice of that big God.
Be still and know. And know. You know, the word know in the Bible more often than not, in almost most references, it refers to sexual intimacy. Adam knew Eve. It implies really the closest of intimacies, a, a deep, what should be a deep, life-giving relationship of sharing of ourselves, being vulnerable with another person, uh, being open in the most intimate way, right? When everything seems to be turned upside down, whether it's on a personal level or a, a, a macro level or worldwide level, this is the best thing we can do, it says, is pray. And I think implied in this is remembering. You know, remembering is so important in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. Remember. If you've been a person of faith for a while, if you've walked with God with, for a while, you probably have had experiences where God has brought you through the storms. Well, remember. Remember those times. Remember how God helped you. Remember how God was faithful. Remember. Be still and take a deep breath. Shut out all the other voices and listen to the voice of the one who is ever-present, almighty, never-failing, never-changing, and pray. You know, the interesting thing about prayer, and I'll close with this, prayer may not change the circumstances in which we find ourselves. We may ask and ask and ask, and it, the circumstances may not be changed, but I can guarantee this, prayer will change the way we look at our circumstances. And I think that's what this psalm reminds us of, is it reminds us of who really is our refuge and strength, who really is God, and after prayer we will say things in a new light for God changes us in prayer. For it is this great, mysterious, wonderful, personal, powerful, intimate God who is our refuge and strength, an ever very present help in times of trouble. Amen. God, we thank you for this great psalm. And we are thankful. Uh, that we don't have to go through life alone. That even in the darkest valleys and the most horrific storms and terrible tragedies, that this truth remains. That you are powerful and you are personal. An ever-present help in times of trouble. God, I pray for anyone here this morning who is in the midst of one of those storms. I pray that they will find time to be still, to cease, and to know your peace and your mercy, your refuge, even in the midst of the most turbulent storms. 
thank you for this great promise for who you are. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go.